everybody. Welcome to Rock and Roll Shinsu Chu, episode number 41. Glad to be with you. My name is Gabe Estel, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Dennis Levi-Leach and Jonathan Getz. How's it going, guys? Great. Good. Excellent. Jonathan, I've never asked you this. Do you have a standing desk? I do have a standing desk. All I've right, had one yeah. for uh, about uh, three years now. Nice. I have one at work. Um, so, nice. Like yeah. It. Yeah. It's it's makeshift. Uh, it's I- yeah. an Ikea desk with a stool, basically. So if I want to sit down, I just sit down on a stool. It's always okay. elevated. Yeah, yeah, I've got uh, I've got one as well. My old boss kicked down. Um, nice. Anyway, I had nice. to ask. All right. Yeah, it's the wave of the future. <laughs> it is. It is. Right. You guys are both on treadmills right now for the folks <laughs> right. at home doing kegels. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. Well, glad to be back with everybody. Um, before we get started, I want to remind everybody that you can find everything about rock and roll Shinsu Chu at rockchu.com. So all of our previous episodes, uh, links to cool stuff we've we've discussed on the podcast. So check that out, as well as Rock In Chew at Rock In Chew. That's our Twitter, uh, as well as the um, Instagram too. So that's Rock In, as in there's two ends in Glenn Fry's name, but there's only uh, one in in Rock In Chew. But there's only one in in Rock In Chew. So. So at Rock and Chew on Twitter and Instagram, you can you can find us there. Um, and then also Levi and I tweet. Uh, Levi is at Chewhost Levi, and I'm at Chewhost Gabe. So you can. Um, There's some great conversations going on. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Jump on in. You can wax poetically with Levi and I, and 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 Jonathan as well. And you never know what time of the day. You never know what day of the week. It might be on our don't, lunch break. No, it might. It yeah. might. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It might be when I'm bored in a meeting. So yep. yeah, right. Hey, check it out. Hashtag Chew Chat. Yes. Yes. So anyway, let's go ahead and get started, guys. Tonight we're going to talk about um, we lost another um, well rock legend. Uh, Glenn Fry passed away about a week ago, I think. Um, we're talking about him and then uh, also Yenis Cespedes uh, signing a big three-year, uh, $75 million contract. So uh, he's getting paid. Uh, and then also um, on the heels of Pearl Jam's tour announcement, um, as we mentioned last episode, they are playing Bonnaroo, but they've also announced um, a host of other dates, Wrigley Field and Fenway Park probably being the highlights of, the, of that tour. So we're going to we're going to have fun tonight. We're going to write Pearl Jam's Bonnaroo set list. So it's an honor that they asked. It, it is right. <laughs> I've, I've been texting McCready all day. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> um, Asking which songs he would need the 12 string or like the double neck. And <laughs> that's right. The, the following text says, leave me alone or I'm calling the police. Yeah. Right. So, um, uh, anyway, so let's go ahead and get started. We'll talk about Cespedes first um, because, you know, it's been kind of quiet on the baseball front over the last week. This is a guy that um, the three of us, along with really the rest of MLB and the folks who follow it, were wondering where he would go. Um, kind of a um, – he's a unique player in the sense that um, he might be a – little bit of a bad clubhouse presence from what from what we read and also um you know he's a guy that's that's been traded quite a few times but he is going back to the Mets for three years uh at seven for 75 million over the course of those three years with the option to opt out 
uh, after next year, which I'm going to guess he probably will do that. Um, I don't like this trend of opting out, guys. You know? Um, yeah. It's... I mean, they're within the right to do it. I mean, if the contract's structured that way, so be it. It's just... It it's just sucks. It's you know? weird I mean, when you see a three-year deal in a in an opt-out after one year. Right. It's so strange, and maybe that was the only way that they could really well, bring. Yeah, because basically, what it amounts to is one year at twenty-five mil. Yeah. Right? I mean, Twenty-seven and a half. Or yeah, he gets in that first year. That's a pretty good payday. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, gosh, you know, he's. I mean, he's a five-tool guy. Like the oh, batting, yeah. a- the batting average maybe isn't quite there like it should be. But I mean, all the other boxes you check off with this guy. I mean, he's. He's a he's a solid player. Um, I mean, he, I he can have uh, his glove can be a little hit or miss at times. Uh, yeah. He's got a rocket for an arm, obviously, obviously. But that glove uh, bit him a couple times in the series last year. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and like I said, you know, the hitting is um, the average isn't quite there. You know, the power, you know, can be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, he's he's a good player. Like oh, nobody mean, goes on a power tear like he does, man. It's right, ridiculous. right. Yeah, he'll he'll have a surge, you know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, good player. Uh, I I just I this trend of opting out like Grinky did, you know, uh, earlier in the off season. Yeah. Well, it just sucks for the fans of those teams to know that this signing is really only temporary. I mean, all, all signings are temporary, but you know what I mean. It's but yeah, one year or three. Well, yeah. Grinky was with the Dodgers for what three or four years, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um. And then they then they bolt for. You know, greener past Arizona, right? Right. <laughs> Which, obviously, Grinky's really concerned about winning. <laughs> uh, they, they they did make some moves. I'll, I'll give them that. Uh, in They're addition, still like to a him. third place team in that division. Yeah, it's tough, but but the Mets the Mets are going to be good. The Mets probably will be good. You know, I um, I was a little if they didn't sign Cespedes, I was going to be a little bit uncertain about the Mets, but. I think they'll be they'll, they'll they'll be back in the thick of it. Um, I don't know if they'll go to the World Series again because I think that um, you know there's still some question marks with that offense. Um, but uh, they lost Daniel people, Murphy. They're they lost Daniel Murphy. They're, they're Babe they're, Ruth of the postseason. You know they've got the best one through three in baseball though. Um, yeah, so yeah, I, and and uh, you know here's hoping that they stay healthy for their. That's what sake. I I was gonna say is I mean any you know they're relying on their pitching again, which mm-hmm. they do have three really good starters there. Oh yeah. Um, and they might have, you know, a fourth really good starter as but well. But there's so. things, there's just intangibles. There's, yeah. is that guy going to pitch as good as he did last year? Is right. that guy not going to get injured? Um, it, yeah. And, you know, is the team going to hit behind the guy? Cause it, yeah. it, the Cubs with Lester, it was like, Lester at the start couldn't get a win to save his life because it seemed like they could hardly hit behind him. Yeah. So, yep. you Good know, it, it, there's a lot of intangibles when you when you ride that much on pitching, I think. Yeah, Almost, it's and like it, a perfect right. storm at yeah. times. And, yeah, last year was definitely the perfect storm because nobody yeah. was really giving him a shot, you know, come August to, you know, yeah. nobody was – not as many people were picking them to you know, represent the NL in the series. I, I, I think they, they played above expectations last oh, yeah. year. You know? 
Um, I, I'll admit it. I didn't think they were going to hand it to the Cubs the way they did. No way in hell did I think they were going to hand it to the Cubs. <laughs> Nobody uh, in Chicago did. <laughs> no, no. But I mean, just the way that they did it, you know, I mean, obviously yeah. you had this, you had Murphy going on this just unprecedented tear, yeah, which is ridiculous. Um, and then also dominant starting pitching as well. But I mean, offensively, the Cubs were, you know, on paper, much better than the Mets. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So they should have, you know, I mean, it's just. You know, Murphy Except for that starting pitching. They just, yeah, Murphy, yeah. and then when you have to face those three guys, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah, every day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, if they get to the playoffs, that rotation is built to go. Um, yeah, I. but but yeah, they don't – the Mets, though, still, even with the that starters, like I'm not just like penciling them in as champs, you know. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I don't see that. Um, it's going to take it, another it, perfect storm. It could happen. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm just not ready just to just to say that. Oh yeah, it's you know it's got to be the Mets in the National League. Um, I would but hey, that, you know what? A lot of people didn't think the Royals would make it back, and sure enough, they no. made it back and they won the whole thing. No, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, I, if if I had to pick, you know, I think the National League comes down to the Cubs, the Giants, and the Mets. I think that those would be the. Are the, the Giants do again? I think they are. Yeah, I think. I mean, look at all the. It's. I know it's an even year, um, and also just you know they 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 bro, uh, broke out the checkbook in the off season, and they already had a pretty good team, you know, and they only they only augmented it. So yeah, yeah, I think they'll be tough. I think that'll be the, the Cubs. Well, I don't know. It depends if the Cubs face the Mets or the Giants in the NLCS. Both those will be competitive series, though. If if, if the Mets and the Cubs meet again in the, in the NLCS, that would be a a highly highly rated championship series. Yeah, big market. Everybody would yeah. love that. Yeah. And just Resurgent because of the idea franchises. of a rematch. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That would yeah. be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Well, let's hope it happens. Um, so. Anyway, Cespedes goes. Um, so yeah, I guess Dexter Fowler is up next to be signed. <laughs> Dexter Fowler, yeah, the guy that um, I am surprised, and this isn't a position player, but um, that I'm surprised hasn't been signed yet is Doug Fister. I was looking at his, him, and I'm like, all right, you know, this guy's still—he's not that old. He has a pretty good track record. Um, you know, he's not like maybe an ace, but he—you know—he—he's been. He's yeah. looked ace-like. A pretty good, solid three. Yeah. yeah, so I'm kind of surprised he's still out there. Um, I know there were some pitchers that were ahead of him in the, you know, in... Um, Ian Kennedy, guys like yeah. that. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised he's still out there. Because, I mean, spring training starts in, what, three weeks. Yeah. Um, woo! Um, so... <laughs> So yeah, I'm just surprised he's still out there. But uh, yeah, and, uh, one other minor baseball news of the week was also: Did you guys see? There's uh, minor rumblings about how there could possibly be the DH in the National League by as early as as early as 2017. Good. Yeah. Well, how do you? I just wondered that, what right? your guys' quick opinion. You, Jonathan, obviously, so overdue. Uh, Why the hell are there different rules for different leagues? That's one of the dumbest things. Yeah, I mean, go one or the other. Exactly. Know? Yeah, either just take do one away or the, the other. Either, either add the NL or take away the AL. Actually, you know? part of me prefers the idea of having the pitcher bat in both leagues because it shortens the games. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Obviously, I would I would rather have them. Um... I think I would rather have them all hit. Yeah. yeah. All the pitchers hit. Yeah. yeah. I just want it the same. I mean, what if yeah. like what if one of the leagues today proposed that they were going to have this new rule uh, yeah. where um, you could bring a player back into the game after you pulled them, 
and but the other league wasn't going to have that. And it'd be like, everybody'd be like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, so, okay. it's, it's it's one of the just the abnormalities in sports that's just lasted way too long. Um, I want to so. research actually, like when it happened. What was it? The seventies that it happened? It was in the seventies. Yeah, yeah, and and what people were saying then the the idea of one league having different rules than the other. Well, the players' union likes it because it's another roster spot. Right, um, right, and also it can extend the careers of some hitters. Exactly, you, know, you get those those first basemen when they start Giambi their, Ortiz. their early thirties. You know, it's like, well, you know, we can move this guy to DH yep. now. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, and yeah, there are arguments for it. Well, so. I mean, as a Cubs fan, I should probably want it. You know what I mean? Schwarber DH like all day long. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. But, right. You know, I part of me wants to. I don't know old-fashioned wholesomeness of the game is that everybody should hit no matter what position you play there's probably a few teams yeah there are probably a few teams that uh don't want it because they do there's a, there's a handful of pitchers that can hit like you look at somebody like madison bumgarner you know i mean the guy's got four grand slams in his yeah. career yeah you know? yeah i mean grinky too grinky can yeah. hit yeah there are yeah. some guys that can rain yeah yeah. yeah, didn't like Grinky hit like 280 last year or something like that? Probably. Uh, yeah, the yeah. Cubs, the Cubs used to use Travis Wood as a pinch hitter sometimes. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, so I, yeah, God, just I, I'm with you though. Just, just one or the other. You yeah. know, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this has gone on too long. So, and just you know, it'll put the debate to rest too. Exactly. Yeah. Because we've been debating about it for the last 40 years. And, and we won't have to hear about it every World Series where they're like, well, you know, we need to explain this. Since they're in the American League Park, then uh, right. they can. this National League team can use a DH. Who who does that benefit? Is, yeah. It's like, oh, jeez. Just, yeah, on. just just put it to rest. <laughs> um, all right. Speaking of folks who are resting now uh, in peace, um, Glenn Fry of the Eagles uh, passed away about a week ago. So rest in peace to Glenn Fry. Yeah. Now, um, I want to talk, and this, you know, it obviously it's a big death, but I think, you know, it got a lot of attention as well because it came on the heels of Bowie, I think, yeah. you know, as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, we were just like, oh, another one. Wow. And Lenny, or I'm sorry, and Lemmy and Scott Weiland. And... Yeah, right. So yeah. it's been, yeah, it's been a rough couple months. Natalie uh, Cole. Yeah. Natalie Cole. Yeah. Was yeah. yeah. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about, um, kind of the divisiveness of the Eagles legacy, because I think that the other story when, when Glenn died was, you know, a lot of, you know, you either love the Eagles or you hate them, you know, <laughs> it's, um, I think the, the sort of how the, the Eagles split people, uh, and split opinions also came up as kind of a subplot in all of this. Yeah. Um, and I want to get you guys' take on the Eagles. Um, you know, I, I also think the Big Lebowski contributed to our generations not liking the Eagles, too. <laughs> Fucking dude, he hates the Eagles, man. <laughs> uh, I had a hard day, man. <laughs> yeah, right. For me, what what tainted the Eagles for me, and there are some Eagles songs that I like, but what tainted them, what prevents them from being, like, you know, one of my favorite bands is FM radio. Yeah. I just had to hear it so much growing up, like those those probably – eight, nine Eagles songs that are played often, you know, on the, on the radio, basically that greatest hits album they have. Um, you know, that turned me off now that I listen to some of their lesser known songs. I like, I like some Eagles tunes that aren't popular. I do. 
Um, so that's how I feel. Like there are some nuggets that are worth pursuing in the Eagles catalog, but I could I, I could be totally content if I never heard any song off that greatest hits album ever again. Yeah, I mean, when you the unfortunate thing is what gets lost along the whole way is how great the songwriting is in those songs. Yeah. And it becomes watered down because you, you hear it so much. You know yeah. what I mean? Take It Easy is a great song, but now that I have heard it nine million times or whatever, it's hard to connect to any. You know what I mean? It's yeah. hard to, to, yeah. to, it's hard to find a way, you know what I mean? You, when you're 16 or 15 or however old and you hear songs like that for the first time, you can still kind of feel a connection to them. Sure. But over the years, it just, it's a shame to the songs. I think that that it it diminishes their meaning. It should, yeah, but it does. And Mm -hmm. and yeah, they become wallpaper to like any sort of scenario you could imagine. (laughs) Yeah. That's the unfortunate thing. Cause I mean, if I'm on, you know, in the car, I still listen to FM radio some, you know. I cycle mm-hmm. the channels. Sure. And if In the City's on, I'll always listen to In the City. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just know. because it ties to, like, the Warrior movie. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. It's just... But, like, uh, you know, they were playing Seven Bridges Road the other day, and I was... A, that's one that you don't hear a ton. Like Steve you, Young wrote that one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a gr- that's a great song. The, the the live version is, I, I'll say this: that's probably one of their their popular tunes that I don't mind hearing, just because the harmonies are so beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, speak, Levi mentioned the term "watered down," and before I pass it back to pass it on to Jonathan about the Eagles, um, that that phrase is important because I like the Eagles' influences more than I like the Eagles, and I think that the Eagles took a lot of bands that I really like like Buffalo Springfield, The Birds, The Burrito Brothers, Poco. They kind of took that country rock sound and sort of watered it down. And that watering down proved very lucrative. Oh, shit. You know? (laughs) Fuck load more records than everybody else. Oh, yeah. Yeah, And all those bands I just mentioned. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Part of it, I'm not sure if, you know, watering down, I don't want it to be derogatory. Like, they slicked it up kind of as well with production. And yeah. um, that might be better. It, than it's think. funny that you know there's there's basically three three people in the world: people who love the Eagles, like the from the beginning; people who say the Eagles are all right, but only because of Joe Walsh. Joe Walsh, like, is the only redeeming thing about the Eagles. And then there are people who hate the Eagles. Yeah. So, it, it, and I get the Joe Walsh thing. Because, like, I do feel like their output after he was in the band was obviously better. Oh, I disagree um, with that. I think really? I, I think the pre-Walsh stuff is better. Yeah? I mean, he was only on two records. Part of me, the uh, the guys that were in the band then really didn't want to be in the band. Was it Bernie? Uh, Bernie Leiden and um, uh, Randy, Randy Meisner. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, they... It, it was still a band trying to find its sound, I think, at that time. And it, I, part of me just, I couldn't connect to some of the early stuff as much as I could the more slicked up production stuff with Walsh. Yeah. I mean, they're an all-star band. You know, I mean, you, yeah. look, at, you look at the success that 
everybody else in the like Walsh, Fry, and Henley all had before the well, not Walsh before the Eagles, but Henley and Fry, you know, after they broke up in Both, the 80s. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's a talented crew. I just didn't always like the, you know, I didn't always like the output, but it's a talented crew, definitely. Jonathan, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, no, you guys can keep going. I was going to finish, my comment about those guys not wanting to be in the band was, I they they were, and obviously it was with Bernie a lot, Mm -hmm. they wanted to be in a country rock band. They wanted the sound to remain traditional. Yeah, and so once it started to lose its country sound, I think they... They were ready to not be in the band. So then it, you know, it kind of turned into could Joe Walsh kind of save the Eagles? Because there was like a lot of uncertainty. Yeah. Yeah. And like the record labels, like, you know, you guys are under contract. You need to put out hits or whatever. And so, you know, Hotel California came out and kind of saved. It gave the band a kind of a second chance. Right. Although one of these nights was pretty, pretty popular. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I think it went to number one. But yeah, you're right. They, um, from an industry standpoint, definitely when Walsh came on board, the uh, they upped the game. Yeah. Jonathan, what about you? How, how do you feel about the Well, Eagles? I'm going to introduce Levi to a fourth type of Eagles fan, which is the indifferent <laughs> Eagles fan. <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> now, I say this with all due respect to Glenn Fry. The dude could write a fucking song and sell a million albums at the drop of a hat. Yeah. Uh, so tons of respect. But uh, when a song comes, if, if I happen to be listening to FM radio, if a song comes on and it's not, as long as it's not Hotel California, I probably won't turn it off. May on, it might also turn off Witchy Woman. Um, But most of the time, it's fine. I I don't really mind. But uh, so this, this week, I was gonna, I was gonna do what I did with Bowie, which was with Bowie, I listened to the whole catalog from start to finish. uh, And uh, during the week uh, after he died, and so I was gonna do that with the Eagles this week. And I only got about six songs in. (laughs) and i bailed and i kind of skipped around to some other albums just to kind of hear the evolution of of the sound and it is interesting how i mean it does get pretty slick as it goes along you know i I told you you know i didn't like a lot of the popular tunes i don't know if it's on the greatest hits or not but it's a hit i i do like one of these nights for a uh for a single a popular single yeah yeah i I feel like that album too is kind of their bridge between the old sound and the new sound you know it's it's the one that came that came out before walsh came but one of these nights is sort of like half half in you know one foot in the door for where they were going um but it's also got some risk you know i mean they put like nine minute like journey of the sorcerer on it you know which is an instrumental um yeah so it's I, I, I do like one of these nights and my favorite Eagles song is too many hands. And, uh, that's, that's on one of these nights. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not saying that there's not, a, there's probably some really good obscure stuff out there. Um, but I just didn't have the patience for it. Sure. Um, but still, Hey, Glenn Fry, you know, well, way yeah, to go. And I mean, <laughs> you know, growing up in the eighties, if you 
they had never heard the heat is on. It was like you must have lived under a rock or something. Oh, yeah. That song was everywhere. Oh, um, yeah. uh, 80s cops were good to Glenn Fry. <laughs> you know, Beverly Hills Cop and then followed by Miami Vice, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. to mention he made one of the greatest music videos ever in Smuggler's Blues. Yeah. Um, yeah the budget so on that, I wonder what it was. <laughs> I don't know. It looks it's like a little movie. It yeah. is. Yeah. Here's a little money. Do it just the way we planned. <laughs> Do cool for 20 hours. I'll pay you 20 grand. Um, you know, last point about the Eagles before we, and we need to move on. One thing I noticed as well, um, when they got back together in 94, you know, after being apart for, I don't know, about 15 years, that kind of ushered in the modern reunion tour, you know? Yeah. Um, because, you know, some time had elapsed. You know, it was like the mid-90s. I think 94 was when they got back together for Hell Freezes Over. Mm-hmm. That kind of was sort of the first tour where baby boomers could really wax nostalgically. You know what I mean? And it sort of ushered in this high price tickets, VIP experience. All of that, I, I think the Eagles were kind of, that reunion tour was the, it set the tone for where a lot of the veteran acts how, oh, yeah, how, they, how they approach yeah. towards today. Yeah, it was like them and the Rolling Stones, for sure. Right, um, yeah. I were, I, that was probably maybe the second or third CD I ever owned. Was Hell Freeze is over? Yeah. Yeah. Get over it! Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, um, all right. So, anyway, but nonetheless, Glenn, uh, Glenn Fry certainly, uh, he knew what people wanted. So, um, what many people wanted. So, rest in peace. Um, they also, I, th- I think their songs sound better when you're drinking. I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> they are kind of a kick your feet up kind of, you know, band. Oh, yeah. blue collar, man. Yeah. Um, have a beer, listen to the music. Yeah. Um, okay. Now moving on to, uh, to our main course here, as we mentioned earlier, Pearl Jam has recently announced, um, a tour. Uh, starts actually in the spring and then goes into the summer. Um, so they're going to be playing... Yeah, it's about five weeks in April and May, and then they're off oh, until okay. and then August. A break. Okay, And Thank then they, that's when the Fenway... And so it's basically a spring t- a spring tour with them with these special ballpark shows. I think the ballpark shows are going to be turned into kind of the PJ 25. They did the 20th anniversary that was at, um, at Alpine Valley uh, yeah. five years ago. And I think it's like an... Um, and as uh, yet announced version of PJ 25 over the span of four dates at Fenway and Wrigley. So they'll probably do some special stuff there. I would think so. Yeah. There's probably good things in store for those shows. I would imagine. Um, but one of their, one of their big dates um, in June is they'll be playing Bonnaroo. Uh, this is their second time headlining it. Levi was fortunate enough to catch it uh, the last time they headlined in 2008. So we're going to have some fun here. What we're going to do is we're going to draft Pearl Jam's Bonnaroo set list. If, if In the guys, round. Yes. So Jeff, Mike, Stone, Eddie, Matt, if you're listening, boom, if you're listening, we'll write the thing for you. Okay? It's already done. That's, that's right. That's right. So what we're going to do is um, Jonathan informed us that their their last P, uh, Bonnaroo performance was about 26 tunes. Obviously, at Bonnaroo, you can kind of, you know, you can you can probably s- stretch the the time a little bit, I would imagine, um, for the most part. Yeah. So uh, so they're going to be the headliner one of those nights. And uh, we're also going to throw in a couple guests 
uh, each of us will pick a guest to sit in on a song. And you never know when they're going to come out. And the guests are pulled from the um, the the rest of the Bonnaroo roster. Okay. So it's plausible. So it's plausible. Yes. We don't obviously we don't know what nights everybody's playing yet. So right. yeah. we're just I assuming mean, that they'll be there. I mean, you know, they might stick around, or at least some people in the band might stick around if they play like Friday night. You know, sure. because they don't have, you know, it's not in between dates. Yeah. Um, but you know, for a lot of bands, Bonnaroo comes in the middle of a tour, so I'd imagine they're. You know, there, there is that collaborative spirit in the air, but also I'd imagine just the timing doesn't work out sometimes. Yeah, yeah, they're on the um, road. Yeah, so, anywho, um, so let's go ahead and start. Um, you know what, Jonathan is, um, now I like Pearl Jam. Jonathan really, really likes Pearl Jam. Um, so we'll go ahead and, uh, Jonathan, we'll, we'll let you choose the opener. Uh, so Pearl Jam usually opens with a, a, a quieter tune. And then mm-hmm. they kick it up a notch with a second tune, which is mm-hmm. probably kind of common um, with with a lot of bands. Uh, and one of their one of their uh, still kind of staples, but it was really a staple back uh, in the early two thousands for an opener is off of Binaural of the Girl is the okay. opener. Okay. All right. Good. Good. I'm writing these down, by the way. So. All right. So he's got of the Girl as an opener. So a nice. Um... Sort yeah, yeah, it's subtle kind of opener, ethereal opener. The, the lights will stay real low. You know, maybe right. maybe a couple blue or purple lights will okay. be on. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and it's it's like five or six minutes. McCready does his, yeah, you know, his, his his kind of spacey guitar solo in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was kind All of. Right, a, so that, wait, is that Stone's guitar solo on there? Anyway, go on. Was was that the first <laughs> single off Binaural? Uh, no, nothing as it seems. Nothing was, as it seems. Yeah, yeah which was which first. just screams hit. Nothing yeah. as it seems. Don't <laughs> right. get me wrong. I like the song. But I, <laughs> right. I know. I can under I can understand how management might not want that as the first single. Uh, yeah. But yeah. anyway. Yeah. Um, all right. So Levi, uh, we'll go with you, and then I'll go. Okay. Well. Okay. We need a song to kick it up next. Yeah. Um, kick it up a notch, Levi. Uh, I'm gonna go with Animal. Nice. Nice. I was thinking nice. the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> off of verses. All right, good work. You know what? I'm gonna stick. Uh, I'm gonna piggyback off Levi here. I'm gonna keep it rocking. I'm gonna go with "Go" nice. as the song nice. is the set. That's that's not out of the question. It's not. No, I no. I, you know, I'm we're kind of following a formula, but at the same time, we want to. You know, we'll probably deviate from it a little bit here. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Jonathan, go ahead. Number four. Oh boy. Um, and and I, I don't mean to take too much time on these, but I, I want to get it right. Yeah. Um, and uh, actually, I'm gonna go ahead and take severed hand um off of avocado okay which is it's it's another barn burner oh yeah um yeah that is a good one severed hand okay so dipping into the uh uh later catalog yeah Yeah. somewhat yeah yeah so even though that album's latter half latter half Yeah. yeah yeah okay all right good levi song five I'm feeling like we need to maybe do slow it down just a little. All right, uh, crowd's getting a little rough, you know. Maybe let some people um, catch their breath. Yeah, right, I'm right. trying to think what it could be. Um, you could go mid tempo too. Yeah, I was thinking maybe uh, we'll we'll do in hiding. Okay, nice, good. nice, good nice. One of my favorite solos. Oh my god! Yeah, um, and the outro to that. Oh, it's yeah, it's great. Can, can we can we ask Stone for maybe an extra verse of the outro on, on in hiding? Sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, 
Okay, so in hiding, so yeah, good mid kind of mid tempo selection there from Levi. Um, I'm gonna go with um, yeah, I'm gonna stick to a song from that era. I'm gonna go with "Given to Fly" as uh, number Great six. Okay, song. all right. Yeah. We're, we're representing the albums well here, so a couple there from Yield. Mm-hmm. All right, now now no code hasn't been represented yet, and that's usually uh, that that's uh, my favorite record of theirs. Uh, so we're going to have to come in and and uh, uh, get something off of that. Uh, they, they did play "Who You Are" at Bonnaroo in, uh, in two thousand and eight, which is it's a rare cut. Um, a good, you know, kind of slower cut, uh, and one of my favorites too. Um, but I don't know, maybe. Oh gosh, because present tense is always there. Um, oh, mankind is fun to get Stone involved singing. All right, I I don't think the time is right for no code yet. Uh, okay. So, <laughs> all right, uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna scale it back a bit and say shit sorry guys this is yeah. I, I don't i don't want to i don't i don't want to get this wrong um i'm, I'm gonna go obscure uh b-side and say undone okay okay so the casual fans can take a piss break there all yes. right yes all right all right so undone okay good all right Levi, number eight. Uh, I'm going to go... I'm going to whip it back up a little bit. I'm going to go with one that was probably... It's probably my favorite song off Vitalogy. And um, that's Spin the Black Circle. Nice. All right. That's a ripper. All right. So Spin the Black Circle. So that's... Gosh, that one's very up-tempo. Um, I'm going to go with, um, for number nine, I'm going to go with Last Exit. Nice. Nice. So, so uh, actually, that's that's funny. We're reversing uh, the first two cuts two off cuts. of Vitology. Yeah. yeah. And we did that with, it's Go and Animal. Go is the yeah. first track on Versus, right? And Animal is yeah. the second. So we did that twice now. Yep. All right, getting a little geeky here. So that's interesting. <laughs> that's an interesting. Right. What are we saying here? <laughs> all right so yeah that's intense um and i'm gonna go ahead and keep it running hot so this is uh of the girl animal go severed hand and hide and given a flight undone spin last exit and uh one of my favorite uh songs of theirs of all time another one off of binaural um sticking up for it it is grievance that's a good one. I like that one. Yeah. All right. Grievance, then, for number 10. All right. Song 11. Levi? So looks like we've covered probably about, looks like about, you know, 40 minutes of the set or so here. Okay. Yeah, we're going to, what, what do we say, about 25 songs? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm trying to decide if I want to slow it down a touch or keep it. Ripping. Something to keep in mind too is that often in that, uh, that like that first encore, they'll slow it down for about four songs. Right. Yeah. So if so, you want to save okay. anything for I then, have, yeah, I have one. Hint, hint, I have a couple ready for that I have first one encore. That I'm save for that for sure. Um, we'll say first encore is song um, 
uh, song 20. Or no, 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 no. We'll say uh, song 16 is the first encore. Okay. We haven't said anything off 10 yet, have we? Let's do no. Porch. All right. Wow. All right. Porch that high in the set. Uh, very unusual. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. After Porch, then. Um, but I like it. Yeah. I mean, well, people I are people are winded we, we at this had, point. We had not represented that album. Yeah. So yeah. so um, yeah. I mean that that was is probably like an eight minute version. All right, I'm going to slow it down a little bit here, um, somewhat. I'm going to go with "In My Tree" for number twelve. Ooh, nice! My my favorite PJ cut. All right, my absolute favorite. Yes. All right. Um, and to keep it down there a little bit. Uh, about that tempo, I'm going to say Marker in the Sand. Oh, off Avocado? Yeah. Uh, Great. Dude, that's a catchy tune. Uh, It should have been a hit. Not that it matters. (laughs) Right. Uh, 2006, people were done buying albums. uh, (laughs) Almost. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, okay, so Levi song number fourteen. We're getting close to the end of the set here. Yes. So, yeah, they they structure their encores differently than a lot of bands. Let's see. Do 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 do. Okay. Um. Here, I think I'm gonna do something off. Avocado. Um, I listened to uh, I listened to the Moline show uh, where they did No Code in its entirety yesterday. Right. Those oh, man, like I would have wet myself. Yeah. I was there. Lucky people in Moline, and it's so cool too because you can hear the build up because well, they don't even they opened with Elderly Woman, but then they then they did sometimes. And then, okay, so that's not unusual to have up there. And then after sometimes, uh, you know, they they went ahead and uh, did Hail Hail. And and then all of a sudden people are thinking, wait a second, you know, what's happening here? You know, they're doing it in order. And then it's around like the fifth song that they say something that, hey, we're doing something we've never done before. And people are going ape shit. Right. Lucky bastards. I, I, will, I think I'm going to go with Life Wasted. And I want the full thing with like the Wasted Reprise. Oh, the Reprise, they, yeah. Yeah, uh, nice. Okay, so like right after the, okay, into the reprise still still counts as just one cut though. Okay, All right. yeah, the, the yeah the reprise is like a minute on the CD. Yeah, yeah. All yeah. right. Okay. So song fifteen. So this will oh nice. This bounces to me at a good time. I get to end the first set. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Um. All right. Shit, I should have been thinking. I wasn't thinking about positioning here. God damn it. Um, so See, right? while you're doing that, I'll, I'll mention that it, it was then in Milwaukee when they did Yield in its entirety. Yes. And um, uh, they, treated, they treated the Midwest well over a they few They did, because they had never been to Moline before, because who has? Right. And uh, so, yeah, they got lucky for sure. Um. All right, hold on. I assume at some point they've done 10 in its entirety, probably maybe back in the early days. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, going to do, um, 
Hail Hail to end the set. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Nice. nice. Powerful. Yeah. All right. All right. So begin the encore. First encore. First encore. Uh, one of the best songs uh, that Ed has ever written. Uh, it is unfortunately on a mediocre movie soundtrack, and it is called Man of the Hour from Big Fish. Okay, yeah, I've heard that one in a while, but I know the tune you're talking about. Yeah. All right. So again, low key. Um, Can we? I think I'm. We haven't. All those yesterdays. Ooh, nice. nice. Good. I think that would follow that well. It would. It would. Well played, Levi. Well played. All right, we'll post this set list online too. Oh, for sure. Um, Yeah. Um. I've got it handwritten, so maybe I can even we can do my handwriting there. Make it look like a set list that was written, man. Oh, for sure. Yeah. All right. So after all those yesterdays, okay. Um, yeah, this is a little bit of a mellow one. Okay. Oh fuck! I'm I'm do I'm I'm playing my card here. I got my guest. I got my first guest. I can oh, that, nice, right? nice. Yeah, yeah. I can yeah. Do that. Okay, I'm doing Low Light, which is one of my favorite songs. Oh yeah. With Jason Isbell. Ooh, wow. How you how y'all like that? Very nice. So, Very nice. yep, Jason Isbell on acoustic guitar with the band. Nice. That's a hard yeah. one, too, to play. It's like in a weird time. And... Yeah, it is. Yeah, so good luck to him. I'm sure he can pull yeah. it off. Yeah, start practicing, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'll do, let's see. So the, so the first encore, we'll say, is five songs. Two and then they'll tunes. come back out. Yeah, two more tunes for this encore. Um, and gosh, oh, I haven't done it yet. No, I've been holding on to this one again. One of the, I think one of the the finest tunes that Ed has written is "I Am Mine" off That's... of Riot Act. Oh yeah, uh, kind of a post nine eleven song mm-hmm. uh, that kind of cuts to the bone. Nice. All right. Oh, good tune. Um, so I'm ending this first uh, first yeah, encore. You do, okay. yeah. And you, you can you can take it up a notch right now if you want to. Whatever you I feel right. I think I'm going to finish with a guess. I Ooh, think we're have wow! A couple guests. Uh, All right. I think we're probably going to have Bob, Bob and Bill from Dead and Co. come out. Okay, Kreutzmann, huh? All right. <laughs> I, and I think. Uh, you know, being this dead and co, I think we have to have a little bit of an arrow. So I'm gonna do an abbreviated bird song acoustic with All Ed right. singing into Eyes of the World. Whoa. All right. Okay, so we could okay. All right. Whoa. So that ends that ends the first encore. Wow. Nice. Unprecedented. Oh, yeah, wow. <laughs> All right, let me just. God, I gotta, I gotta wrap my mind. Around that. <laughs> Sit down. Sit down Bird, during this this encore break, Gabe. <laughs> Bird song, arrow, eyes of the world. Yeah, I think Eddie could really <laughs> do both of those songs well. I don't oh, I'd love to hear it. Good God! Yes. <laughs> all right, hold on. I'm just writing all this down here with Bob here and Bill Kreutzman. All right. You know, I. Uh, you know, I already said, God, I'll, no, I'm not going to say it because there's, there's no revisiting earlier in the set. Right. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, because I, I kind of wish I would have, I, I, with all due respect to Jason Isbell, maybe a, a different um, 
I would have gone a little differently if I had to do it again. But that's it's done. It's done. <laughs> hey, it's all it's, right. Yeah, it's a chance you okay, take in so a live setting. We're beginning now the second encore, so essentially the last five songs of the show. Right. Okay. All right. Um. Uh, all right. So I'm going to do. I'm going to go deep, as in deep. Ooh, wow. Yep, to kick off the encore. Wow. All First right. song we've chosen off 10 as well. No, no, no we had... Uh, I, 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 I had Porch. Porch. Sorry, we yeah. had Porch. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Um, I feel, I'm, I'm, I'm going to feel bad if we don't represent an album, but I'm not really paying too much attention to that right now. So I apologize right now if if anybody's upset that we don't represent an album tonight. Um yeah, this is us picking it. We want you guys to go online and pick yeah, your own. Yeah, hell yeah. Log on, comment. Shoot Gosh, us. Gabe, you know, by put, throwing deep in there, you really you really messed with my vibe I was going to go with. Um, but <laughs> I, I got to roll with it. I, this is this is how it works. That's the um, way the cookie crumbles gets. Yeah, so I'm going to stay intense. I think, I, I think by my calculations, I get the last song. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to save that. Um, what I had in mind for this song for then. Um, so we're going to keep it intense. You know, we haven't played Corduroy yet. It's it's played at every show, and I never mind hearing it. I will never get tired of hearing that song. There are Pearl Jam songs I'm, I'm fine not hearing anymore, um, but that is one I, they can play every time. But that being said, I don't know if it's right here. Um, instead, I'll keep it intense. And another song that is played almost every show that I never get tired of. Oh, mm. ah, go vert. While you get, we're young, you get, yes. you get two picks, man. I only get one. I'm over here trying to think. Right, of what's my right. Song. It would it would be awesome to hear deep and then blood. That would that would okay. be great. So I'm going to say blood. All right, okay. good. Sorry for the hemming and the hawing. No problem. So, I, and what's funny is I have every song crossed off my list except two. So it's I'm down to my final choice out of these two songs. Ooh. Both are kind of intense. It's in the air. It's either release me or dissident. Ooh. Wow. Release it, it would be unusual to have release not as the last song. It's not unprecedented. Or the first song. Right, or right? the first that's song. What, yeah, yeah. It's not unprecedented, though. It's a sunrise, sunset thing. Levi, you could make a call here and say release and then another encore break with two more songs for the third encore. Uh, we're I think we're I'm gonna go, gonna I'll go Dissident. I'll go Dissident. Nice. All right. Good. Okay, this is my last selection. All right. Um, gosh, you know, this would be a weird spot to put it in, but since it's one of my favorite songs, ah, gosh, it would be weird here. I don't, it, I don't know. I mean, it, it usually appears, it's more of a middle of a set yeah. tune. Um, so that's difficult, but, um, but God, it's one of my favorite songs. Yeah. Um, you know what? Fuck it, dude. No, I'm. This is a different one. I'm coming out. I'm gonna do leash. Nice. Wow. So three versus songs in a row. All right. No. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was on my list. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you said it. Uh. So. So leash. And we have. This is the last song, right? This is the 25th mm-hmm. song. Here it is, folks. Um, 
uh, special guest. I haven't used my special guest card yeah. yet. What are we sending um, them back? Walk into their tents to Jonathan. Well, I hope I hope Mavis Staples was had her had had her ears muffed uh, while Leash was being played and all of those <laughs> f bombs because uh, she comes out and they do the wait with Mavis Staples. Nice. There you go. It's nice. a close out set. It's yeah. a well put. In. Well put. Yeah. So there you have it. Yeah. Yeah, if you if you were to choose yellow lead better, I was gonna flip over this desk, all right. <laughs> so. so yeah, here's my my worksheet for the day all filled up. Uh, cool. Yeah, yeah. So everybody should post their worksheets though. Well done, guys. Yeah. All right. Well, everybody, that concludes this episode of Rock and Roll Shinsuchu. We will be posting these set lists. Uh, on various social media, which you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. At Tell us Rock what we missed. In Chew. Yeah. yeah, yeah, please. Uh, we'd love to hear your contributions as well. So, um, yeah, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Rock in Chew. And then also you can find everything within uh, the Rock and Roll Shinsu Chu um, world at rockchu.com. So until next time, everybody, have a good night. Peace. <laughs>